0: Hello and welcome to the next installment of the Health Interactions podcast. Thanks for listening in today and today we've got a really special guest. Uh, She's a guest that we've wanted to have on the podcast for quite some time now. Uh, We've done a bit of work with her in the past in preparing for AFLW seasons and things like that. Um, And she's transitioned from playing quite a high level of basketball into playing the most elite level of females Aussie rules football in the country. But not only that, she's gone on to win a premiership with the Western Bulldogs as their their ruck player position, um, which I've only played a handful of AFL games myself, and I completely understand that the ruck position is not a position I would want to play. However, uh, she did this well enough to go on to win a premiership with the Western Bulldogs down there in uh, Victoria. Um, so we've got Kim Rennie on the line today. How are you going today, Kim? How have you been traveling?
1: Hey, Tom. Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, obviously, just trying to keep busy um, with work and training and everything during this uh, strange isolation period. But um no, very excited to um, be on the podcast today
0: awesome awesome well thank you very much for um coming on once again I've, it's something that i've really wanted to happen for a little while now um and i think the timing's perfect um so talking about the COVID 19 and the current situation um the he, he, the the timing of um the the coronavirus impacted the aflw season quite dramatically um can you tell me a little bit uh more about that and also I know that you had your zoom best and fairest night last night. Can you tell me how that went doing a doing a presentation night from your own bedroom over zoom? yeah
1: definitely um the coronavirus impacted the season uh quite dramatically um we had uh six rounds with uh we almost have another two uh rounds left um and then yeah unfortunately after the sixth round the um competition had to be advanced to a final series and then as a result um there was actually no premiere because the season got cancelled altogether so um it was a bit of an up and down season for us um winning round one um and then not actually having a win since then um but uh yeah it was um very strange I think in our, you know I remember the last week before our um last game in round six against Brio, we kind of were going to training with the mindset of, are we playing this week? Is it going to get cancelled? We kind of didn't know what was happening. So it was very strange. Um, and then obviously, obviously, like you mentioned, yeah, the, the Zoom meeting um, last night where we had the best and fairest um, was very bizarre. You know, normally we have it at Crown uh, in the city. So everyone's actually just sitting in their bedrooms with the laptop screen up. Um, pressing mute, unmuting, laughing, clapping when we can. Um, and then yeah, it obviously doesn't have the same feeling when you're not in and around all your teammates and your friends and the coaches and everyone. But um, yeah, it's interesting times for the season and how it ended up. But um,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that must be so strange. Um, can you tell me more about that last probably two weeks leading up to? I guess the abrupt ending to the season because uh, me, as someone just gen- in the general public, we went from 500 can be gathered in public to 100 being able to be gathered in public to 10 to you can't be gathered in public. So you're an elite athlete, and we always have this perception that uh, these elite athletes in these um, elite organisations have more privileges than than us in common society, but can you tell me how it impacted you and your training routine and I guess the Western Bulldogs women's side?
1: Yeah, look, um, reflecting on it, I think it was, um, really, really strange. And in the moment, um, I think the club does really well at kind of blocking out those external noises when, when, um, different things are happening. Um, but obviously in this situation we were, um, we, yeah, we were treated like everyone in the, in the general public in terms of the restrictions and everything. So going into the, the round six game against Frio, we weren't allowed any spectators and no, um, staff that weren't considered essential. So we rocked up to the game, um, kind of had this eerie feeling around because we didn't have as many, um, staff members floating around and all of that. And then we run out to the, in, onto the oval, um, at Witten, with like, I think three people in the stands giving a bit of a clap. So it did, um, feel really strange. And obviously in the, the week leading up with training, I think I mentioned before, we were kind of, it was a, a weird, weird mindset, you know, one, one minute you're thinking, yep, we're training we've got a game this week. Um, you're preparing like you would with your recovery and, um, nutrition and everything like that but then you have this tiny voice in your head that's kind of like well is the season actually going ahead is it being cancelled are we training for no reason so it was a really weird sort of um battle in in my own mind I think leading up to that that last game um but yeah and then obviously the with the government putting in the different restrictions it just um it all got called off and and that was that and we just had to um yeah, accept what those restrictions
0: were and and the season was done. Yeah, that must have been such such an eerie feeling knowing, you know, obviously playing in front of quite a significant crowd to one day you turn up and you've got two people in the stands clapping and you would have heard like every single clap. Um, Yeah. How have you been keeping yourself fit and healthy throughout this period. Uh, I think that a lot of people are probably struggling to keep themselves motivated without the access to their normal gyms. Uh, and you being an elite athlete, you might you might have a more motivated mindset, but maybe not as well. Uh, I think uh, out of this, from from my experience and from what I can gather, um, elite athletes, there's going to be about, I don't know, 10 to ten to 20% that have kind of come out of this really, really quiet, uh, fit Fitter than they went into it, and I think there's going to be a good sort of ten to twenty percent that come out of this, a little bit undertrained, underdone, and not as physically prepared as they could have been. And then there's going to be this whole lump in the middle. So where do you see yourself on the spectrum, and how have you been keeping yourself um, somewhat healthy and fit, and and I guess ready to be an elite athlete when you're allowed to be again?
1: Yeah, well, some really interesting stats on all that. Um, I think that uh obviously, keeping fit and healthy at the moment is a, a massive priority of mine, and I think uh, you know like you said a lot of people um it's obviously made a little bit difficult not having the normal sort of access to the the gym and all of that but um yeah as as a player we've we've been prescribed our running programs and our weights um So we've got a good idea of what we need to do, um, which includes three running sessions a week and three weight sessions a week at the moment. Um, But obviously, yeah, it comes in that that motivation sort of factor, uh, which I think, um, especially now with daylight savings and and winter coming, it's it's very hard to get out and go for a run. But um, I think personally, being a, a... part of a team and a team player. I think that's one of the biggest motivations for me is that I know that when training whenever it starts back up or whenever we're allowed to play games again or whatever, I've always got it in my mind that if I'm not there a hundred percent and I haven't prepared a hundred percent, then I'm letting my teammates down. Um so I think yeah, for me it's it's obviously um, I know what I need to do for myself but also to be giving the best version of myself for the rest of the team. Um, But I think, yeah, as well, in keeping motivated, an aspect of um, being fit and healthy would be that, that mental health side of it as well. And again, personally, I have massive benefits through exercise and with my mental health. So I think being able to get out and get my exercise done and being able to tick it off that helps me feel so much better. So I kind of use that as a bit of a circle of motivation. So I know that I'm going to feel better. I know that I'm going to feel good and everything once I get it done as well. So I think I've got a few little things floating around that help me get through these sessions. Um, But, yeah, I've also got a bit of a ghetto gym set up in the garage at the moment with a few borrowed weight plates and all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of using what I can for the weight. Um, and then yeah just using my own motivation to get out and and get the running sessions done Um, but it's definitely not the same that you know when you're running with your teammates that get you through you're just out there huffing and puffing by yourself so it it is a bit of a struggle but um at the same time I think focusing on those little personal motivations of what gets me through definitely helps
0: yeah that ghetto gym I've I've got one of them set up at the moment as well it's um it's mad. Um, but that's I think that's a really important thing that you said there too is throughout that you were just saying that you wanted to just be the best version of yourself and that wasn't just a physical thing. It was a mental thing as well. Uh, it's one of them things that I always I always think about. Uh, I, I do quite a bit of mindfulness meditation myself and it's one of the things I think about is everyone puts so much emphasis on physical health and so do I. I mean, I'm an exercise physiologist. My, my main job is to prescribe exercise. But I see my main job is to improve someone's health, and and in that is also improving the benefits of of mental training and their mental health. But I think in uh, normal normal society is you can see someone when you can see the physical changes of someone when they lose twenty kilos, and that you can't you can't argue the fact that nutrition helps and exercise helps because you've just seen them lose twenty kilos. But I don't understand why. I, sorry I do understand but I don't understand at the same time because I do mindfulness and meditation I do these um beneficial things for my mental health um so I know how beneficial it is but I can it, it it always dumbfounds me how some people will not I guess dedicate that time to their mental health and and to improve themselves and to be their better version of themselves as possible and I think involved in that is like you said it's a holistic thing it's not just a physical thing. It's It's, um, it involves the, the mental health aspect as well. And, and I think, um, being cooped up inside, experiencing all this cabin fever that's going on at the moment as well. Um, it can't, it can't be beneficial for, for people's health to not be engaging in some form of exercise one way or another. Um, sorry, that was a bit of a, bit of a rant, but you got me started on that. Um, so I was actually gonna ask you about your journey going from a, high-level basketball player to an AFLW Premiership winner. Um, this would have been a transition uh, that took a few years y- to to learn the, a completely new sport, but not only learn a new sport, compete at the highest level of the sport and win a Premiership in that sport. So can you take me back and do a bit of a timeline for me and some of the key key transition moments from being a basketball player to being a premiership winning ruck for, for Western Bulldogs?
1: Um, yeah, so obviously um, a bit of a journey through um, basketball to footy. Um, but yeah, I was playing uh, senior basketball uh, in the Seabull competition with Sandringham Sabres. Uh, so my final year was in 2017, um, which was the same year that I was drafted to the Western Bulldogs. So I had a pretty quick, quick turnover quick turnaround from um basketball to footy but um when i think about the transition um i don't know right now like when i think about it it feels pretty seamless there was nothing that kind of really jumped out at me and was like i didn't see this coming or you know this or that and it was probably for a couple reasons um obviously footy is a completely different sport to basketball but growing up as a kid, as long as I could remember, I've watched the game, um I was mad Adelaide Crow supporter, or well, still am. Um, but obviously soft spot for the doggies. But um always watched fleece. So I, I did have a really good understanding of the game. Um but yeah, obviously getting out there is completely different to to just watching it. But um I think another reason why the transition felt pretty cruisy was probably credit to the Western Bulldogs in the club and how they sort of um, took me in and and what they provided in in that that early stages as well from the coaching and and everything and and just the general um, really inviting and friendly environment as well. But also um, another aspect I'd have to say would probably be my mindset. So I think going from basketball which I'd played for about 15 years I'd you know step out onto the court I was really comfortable it was it was like a happy place I you know it was somewhere that I spent a lot of time and then yeah I'm, I'm stepping onto a footy oval which I wasn't used to but I think I accepted that that I knew that I was going to be in, in an environment that was going to be uncomfortable in a sense you know it, it was new it was different I was going to be doing uh, skills and and the fitness side of things was different as well. So and I think I I saw that pretty early on. I, I was feeling really fit with my basketball in that in that last season, and I went into footy thinking, yeah, you know, I'm feeling really fit. And it was just a completely different type of fitness, and it just it it killed me. It was really really hard. But I think seeing, um, that own mindset of this is going to be really challenging and there's going to be things about this that, you know, I'm going to have to change or adapt or learn or, you know, all these new sort of um, things. I think that allowed me to almost just step back a little bit and, and just go with it. Um, I think if I had a, you know, had, had a mindset like I was at basketball where I was familiar with everything, I, I felt like I knew how to do all the basics that I'd done for years. You know, I was I was then going into this sport where the basics which were so simple were so new to me and I think yeah, I think having that mindset to just go, "Yep, I've got to take it all in. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to, you know, nail this on the first go. I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to be hard." I think that really um set me up, you know. Um
0: yeah, I I absolutely I can see what you're saying, but he, was it in, was it intimidating that um you you get drafted as someone that obviously has shown incredible athleticism in basketball to then be drafted in into another sport? But you were drafted above, you were selected by the Western Bulldogs above people that have played footy their whole life. Was that a moment that you were really quite proud of, or were you intimidated going into the Western Bulldogs squad?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean definitely I think it was probably at times almost like a roller coaster. I'd probably have moments where I did feel intimidated by that or, you know, that was in the forefront of my mind thinking, Why am I here? Why you know, why me? But I think also with really supportive coaches and um yeah mentors at the club that made me realize that there was no expectation or pressure and the reasons that I was drafted you know they saw that I had the athleticism and all the other aspects they just wanted me to try my best and and I think for me that was really easy I've gone you know there's a the physical side of it but mentally if it's about trying well I can control that 100% I can I can do that. So it, it didn't feel like I couldn't achieve it. I think, um, obviously there were there were moments where I did think, yeah, you know, this is this is crazy. There's, you know, camera crews setting up to film this game and I'm still, you know, going over the basics over here in the corner. But then I also went, Yeah, like I'm here, I have been selected, these coaches have um put their faith in me. I need to own that. And I can do that by giving my 100% and controlling what I can control um, and knowing that that was, that was doing my role, that was ticking off what I had to do. And whatever came of that, there was no expectation on that. So I think, um, yeah, through the, the mentors and the coaches, it, it made it a very supportive environment that backed, backed me in and helped me back myself in as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I can never knocked you on you're always you're always um improving um whether that was in the gym environment you were always super athletic in the gym environment and super strong in every movement you do but then you'd finish the gym and you'd let me know you'd say oh yep going down the going down the park now practice goal kicking or practice handballing or practice taking a mark so um that's one thing that you you definitely demonstrated throughout the whole process um that we were working together and that when I was based in Melbourne, um, that's something that I could never knock you on that, um, whatever you could take into your own control, you certainly did. Um, so that's, I guess that's probably a great piece of advice for anyone that could be listening is, um, is, is not to worry too much about the stuff that, um, that you can't control and just focus, go absolutely hone in one hundred percent on the stuff that you can control and, and that's where you'll achieve them goals
1: yeah I definitely agree. Um, I think yeah th- those goals setting those goals is um, super important super important. so whether it's you know the big end goal, but also the little goals that get get you there, and then um, the big word or the big focus I would put on is the process. so not thinking too much about that that sort of thing that comes at the end, whatever it might be, whatever it looks like but working on that process. So once you work that out, once you tick it off, once you do all those things right, whatever happens will happen because you are controlling and you are doing that process. So I think, yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying.
0: Yeah, that's something that I get all my clients pretty well to do um, is is we set goals um, and outline the goals. But then once we once we work out what the goal is, so you're on this side of the bridge, you want to get to that side of the bridge, okay, cool. That's where we want to get to. But stop focusing on that side of the bridge now. I, I would then say, okay, let's now focus on the behaviours to get to that goal. And then behaviours could be exactly what you were saying: get into the gym, go kick the goals, eat all the right, you know, or eat all the right foods, practice your ha- handballs from, you know, your left hand, your right hand, uh, practice marking that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, you set your goal, which is all well and good, and it's a really powerful uh, thing to have a goal like that. But, but then to take your focus away from the goal and just focus on the habit to get to that goal. So focusing on the bridge and crossing that and knowing that the goal is going to be at the end of the bridge. Um, so tell me more about the Premiership win. That would have been such an unreal experience for you.
1: Yeah, it was super unreal to the point where I think it's still almost surreal. <laughs> um, I think... Yeah, growing up and as a kid and seeing so many premierships um, in the the men's competition in the AFL competition throughout the years, and then to find myself in a pretty quick journey, um, yeah, standing there on on the day um, about to play in a premiership, I think it's I don't know it. it I, I honestly think there's still a part of me where it, it's still sinking in, um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty like I said, a quick process. I think I went from playing my first game, I think I spent the first three quarters in the forward and I did not touch the ball once. I felt like I was just running in circles and I was thinking, What am I doing here? I had, you know, one of those moments and then in the fourth um quarter the coach put me in the rock and I think I won the first tap out and from then, I was just on. I was you know, getting my hands on the ball, um, getting quite a few clearances. I was just feeling really a part of the game. And then a few games later, there I was um, standing uh, about to play a premiership. And then it was a pretty wet, um, miserable day when we played Brisbane Lions. Um, and so it was a bit of a sloppy game. We'd gone from playing all season in warm, um, crisp Conditions to playing in a wet, wet day, um, and so the the game, the game plan, and and everything just sort of went out the went out the window. And I remember coming off the, in the I think maybe third quarter, and I had the headset on, and, the, and my coach Grovesy said, "Don't worry about tapping it to anyone; just punch it forward, just get it going forward." So any stoppages we had, it was just all season had gone from you know placement to the, you know perfect little point to just get it forward people are kicking it off the ground so it was a completely different game we'd, than we, what we'd played all season um and it was just a real kind of fight. um but yeah in the end uh we just got over the line and it was um yeah it was really one of the best things ever I think I knew that it represented to me as well that journey I'd had from the start of the season and and you know, being able to push through that uncomfortable feeling of being in a different environment and learning all those basic skills and asking silly questions and, you know, working my butt off to get selected for a game, you know, it represented all of that. And it it just felt so amazing as well to share it with such an incredible group of girls and coaches and and a club. So, um, yeah, it was was pretty incredible and definitely a memory that I'm going to have – the
0: rest of my life, definitely. That uh, that memory that you have, I think there's so many people out there that would give a limb to have that memory, and that's something that, yeah, something that's so special to you, and something that no one can ever take off you. So I think that's something you should be incredibly proud for as well. Um, especially knowing your story and the background t- for you to get there in just such a short period of time, you to know, yeah, and that's what that's what amazes me most about your story is going from a basketball player. Being drafted without really doing much in the way of kicking a footy, um, to winning a premiership, um, and being a, and being a key role, you know, you're the one that gets to touch the ball first, and you're you're the one punching it forward and and getting that early momentum at, at the start of every ball up. Um, where do you see the sport in the future going? Is is it, do you see this as going s- from strength to strength, and not just this sport, but women's sport in general? It's something that I see. Is, is can only be a positive thing. Um, and I do certainly for myself think it's going strength to strength, but I'd I'd love to hear your opinion, you know, someone that's in the sport that probably feels like, you know, you're on a treadmill at times, but then you probably feel like that it is going from strength to strength um, at other times.
1: Yeah. I mean, women's sport in general, um, I think over the last uh, several years, has taken a massive step forward. Um, I think that footy, Specifically, women's footy. It will continue to grow. I think uh, from a local level, there's been massive, massive amounts of um, young girls, um, teenagers, uh, you know, uh, open-age women teams. That massive amounts of people being involved in that. Um, through to yeah, the AFLW seasons. I think they'll continue to get longer, have more games. Eventually, um, it would be good to see all the existing AFL clubs have an AFLW team. Um, so I think it'll take a little bit of time, but um, across the board, whether it's local footy or AFLW, I think that there's going to be a continued um, growth with it all. Um, and, yeah, in other sports as well, like women's cricket is has really taken up. Um, that's awesome to watch and see. Um, but, yeah, all, all sports, it's just fantastic I think to see from a young young age as well what opportunities there are. Because um, growing up, I obviously had the opportunity to play basketball, which I loved, and it was fantastic. But there wasn't the opportunity really in any space to, to be playing um, women's footy. So to see that is awesome. And I think, yeah, it, it will take a little bit of time in the AFLW scene to – to really get there to the same sort of um, standard as the men's in terms of um, not only a gameplay standard, but um, players' um, pay and and, um, everything around that as well. So it it will take a little bit of time, but I can see it getting there, and it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And from my perspective, I think the exciting thing to come out of the the progress in female sport is also there's gonna be more and more studies they're gonna be more specific to female athletes. I think uh recently I I read um that about four percent of of exercise science studies are done on strictly only only female athletes, which is um which is quite I, again, it's a, a little bit dumbfounding in the sense that what they've been doing for years and years and years is taking studies from, um, from male-only athletes and just willy-nilly applying that to the female athlete, and then and then scratch their head and wonder why the female athlete is, you know, four four to eight times more likely to, um, snap their ACL in non-contact, uh, in a non-contact injury or mechanism of injury compared to the male counterpart. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that. We're not doing enough studies on female only athletes. Um, you know, they're either mixed groups or male athletes. And, you know, there's only that small, I think it's roughly four percent, um, that are female only athlete studies. So, um, that's something that obviously needs to be needs to be progressed as well, which I think with the more and more female athlete sports and, you know, the elite level, um, that's gonna be reflected as well in, in less injury concerns. Um, have you had any major injuries at all um, throughout your career, whether that be basketball or Aussie rules, or have you been able to sort of stay on top of that and keep yourself quite healthy?
1: Yeah, I've, um, I've been pretty fortunate in that I haven't had any major um, injuries or any setbacks in that sense. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to doing that injury prevention sort of stuff and obviously working with you, Tom, um, through health interactions um, over the last few years a lot of those uh, injury prevention exercises that I talk about we've done in in that pre-season sort of, um, or the off-season time. So getting the body right, doing the kind of proprioception exercises that you you know, a push for time for, you know, during season and and doing all those little things um, is really important. And I think what has definitely helped me, um, I know that when I've, you know we, we've worked through some of these programs and I, I can definitely say that I've, I've come through it and I can feel you know um, I feel more powerful more agile all those different little components that I need for the for the game um, so yeah fortunately no major injuries and I think continuing to do um, all the right stuff um, will, will keep me in a good stead but yeah it's definitely interesting as well you mentioned with all the, the studies and, and the statistics around specifically with women in sport um but yeah i can't help but <laughs> have a think about when you know we were in the gym doing terminal knee extensions um is one of the injury prevention exercises and you're standing there giving the statistics on um you know women's uh likelihood of acl and and i'm standing there trying to get these exercises done so um but no i think i think it will be um interesting to see um the developments in the study in the future as well with more women involved and and all that so yeah it's, it's an interesting space at the moment
0: that's awesome that's an awesome memory to have um obviously i've got a few a few memories too of you know doing the um a lot of the Nordics upstairs and, and all sorts of different exercises and putting together programs. And I'm so happy to hear that you're still, still doing them, even though I've moved away from um, moved away from Melbourne, we still keep in contact um, just when needed. A- and I'm more than happy to continue doing that for you as well, Kim. Um, I know you've been giving some absolute pieces of gold throughout this whole um, episode on the podcast. Um, you were talking before about, you know, just trusting the process Focusing on the things that are in your control, and that's what's going to get you to your goal. Um, do you have any other absolute gold pieces of advice before we um, before we finish up today?
1: Um, yeah, I think setting goals is the is a major thing. I think uh, as well um, being able to ask for help or ask for assistance. So in whatever sort of capacity that might look like, I think um, whether that's asking for help in you know a fitness program or um, any aspect that's going to make you better, um, a better athlete, a better person, all those sort of um, different aspects, I think is going to make you the best um, player, best athlete, best team, um, teammate, all those different things, um, or you know, any, any sort of aspect of your life. I think it's really important to know when, when you might need to ask for help and assistance, and there's, there's so much out there um and yeah the number of times that I've come to you and said hey I need you know I need help with this program or I need I'm not feeling very powerful I need help with this or don't quite get this sort of exercise whatever it might be um because without asking those questions and just sort of thinking that you should be able to get it on your own or you know you don't um want to ask for help you, you get stuck really easily or whether it's you know might be with mental health you're Struggling to find the motivation, or your um, any area of your life, if you're not feeling good about it, asking for help in any sort of capacity about any sort of aspect, I think is really important as well.
0: Absolutely, I think that's probably. I think asking for help in itself is a superpower, and I think you nailed it there. Exactly, is um, if you ask for something, you'd be you'd be so surprised with how how humans are wired in the sense that we're all, we're all, n- you know, there's probably a good 90% of humans that want to help other humans. You know, there are probably a 10% of humans that you probably don't want to be hanging around with anyway, right? Um, but yeah, uh, whenever anyone asks for help, wh- you know, um, absolutely will help them. And I think you'd be so surprised with how many other people are like that. And that just reflects on your transition into the bulldogs and how many how how good people probably were around you in the in the bulldogs structure and system all the mentors you had in making you feel more comfortable in what was probably quite an uncomfortable environment for you um so yeah i think i think that's a g- absolute piece of gold that um yeah asking asking for help is a superpower because it can be intimidating and you're leaving yourself vulnerable by doing it but when you do it that's that's where you're going to get the answers you need and that's where you're going to progress um, not only as an athlete but as a human did you want to add anything else before we wrap this one up
1: no i think um yeah we've definitely touched on a lot of different aspects
0: okay well thank you very much for coming on kim um i wish you all the best in well what won't be the year ahead you know the years um the the year of for the next few months anyway of the aflw that's all done and the the vfl that you might have been playing in, in the year ahead. That's looking probably a little bit suspicious too, but I'm sure you're going to continue working on yourself, both physically and mentally, um, and, and preparing for the AFLW season that's coming up. So thank you very much for coming on, Kim.
1: Thanks so much, Tom. Um, yeah, really appreciate all the help as well throughout the last few years.
0: No worries at all. I'm I'm more than happy to continue helping whenever you need it.